beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. Welcome everyone back to the podcast. My name is Robert. I'm Sam. And I'm Trey. Hey, we're the three black men. <laughs> still. 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 Still, 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 yeah. still. How are y'all doing, fellas? Doing. <laughs> like the like the ability to the ability to do, do is progress. <laughs> Uh, sometimes so i'm here i'm breathing i'm with y'all so i'm good yeah i'm tired but i'm good yeah. at the same time bro because like I, right now we're recording this the day after thanksgiving you know got some some time out of the rhythm with with dope people and dope food so i'm good even if tired i yeah. am ways tired i <laughs> i finished my quarter yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. congratulations, brother. Thank you. Um, through many toils and snares, <laughs> trials and tribulations, <laughs> I am here with thee. Um, and I am tired, <laughs> um, body, mind, and soul. But I, you know, you look good. I, thanks. Yeah. I did what I had to do. I feel um, we shall see what those grades were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what if it gave what it needed to give um, i'm about to say c's get degrees but i don't think it worked that way at the terminal i level, don't right? think yeah, it works yeah. that way um at the phd level um <laughs> yeah. c's get sent back to anyway so uh i'm looking forward to this time off where i could chill catch up on my sleep yeah talk to you brothers so yeah yeah i'm happy uh on the docket for today's podcast i want to talk about the journey and the difficulties of like establishing a healthy uh black masculinity and you know a, a journey to construct that whether that's theologically whether that's you know emotionally like how do we do it and I just want to read a little bell hooks to open our time together. Um, the will to change mm. men, masculinity, and love. This is yeah. a, this is a good one. Yeah, a good um, one. And in this chapter, she writes dismantling and changing patriarchal culture is work that men and women must do together. Clearly we cannot dismantle a system as long as we engage in collective denial about its impact on our lives. Patriarchy requires male dominance by any means necessary. Hence, it supports, promotes, and condones uh, sexist violence. And so the reason why I open it there is because words like masculinity and patriarchy are thrown around. And often people, there isn't dialogue with, with brothers like us of like our journey. We're trying, you know, we're out here trying to dismantle the ways that patriarchy hurts, you know, the globe, but also the ways that hurts men. Right. And yeah. so 
I enter us there. So thoughts on your journey towards like divesting from patriarchal culture and constructing like a masculinity that works for you. My main thought is that the only options before us with regards to patriarchy are envisioning and striving toward a world outside of and after patriarchy or succumbing to patriarchy, right? Like wanting to reinforce that, mm -hmm. which is the very heart of what it means to make America great again. At the end of the day, that, that that's what it is, rolling the clock back and the period we trying to roll the clock back to in that frame of mind is is the era in which men were men and 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 women were women and we did all these things. It's just the time period where dudes didn't have to do much to stay on top, right? That's what that's what we describe in there. And because of like the visceral reaction, like yeah, some people would be like, oh, that's uncharitable. Well, first of all, not really, but it was meant to be provocative um when I said it, because that is like we have to confront the stark reality of what patriarchy does, the world that that is. And even though it benefits some people, it's not as though all men benefit from patriarchy and it was never designed to benefit all men. That's that's a fallacy, right? Um, and if we want a just world to live, leave behind to our neighbors and our ch children or whoever else, we have to look at the various systems of like, how we assign power and privilege around and, and, and figure out if that's really serving anyone well, you know? Those are my initial thoughts. That was, that was probably a little heavier than, than what no, it is. No, 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 no. I love that, brother. Yeah. Man, what you thinking? You know what? Um, For me, it's, it's really interesting because I have two sons and um, I often think about um, the type of men that I would like them to be, but it doesn't look like the typical patriarchal masculinity type of, just because, um, like I've, I see what it's done to me, right? Like to just to my body, uh, <laughs> mental health, uh, it's been damaging. It's been really conflicting because I'm naturally not some of those ways. Uh, and so one of the things that I want them to be is free. Um, Say that. And yeah, man, I want them to be free to be themselves. Um, and, and if they can't do that anywhere else, they know they can come home and do that. Uh, so I'm gonna I, come home. Okay, you're <laughs> a, a good little ting right now. Yeah, man. Well, you know, and so like that's really uh, that. And in the same book, man, Bell that book, Bell uh, the Will to Change by Bell Hooks did a number on me. I, I it's um, yeah. Uh, one of the things that that and I I still think about to this day, and it really kind of guides me. Is in there. She also talks about how um we would an adult would sooner run to the aid of an enraged male child than they would to a crying male child. Um, mm. And, and, and I, I don't like that. Uh, so I've really been trying to re reshape and liberate my own self in those ways, just because I, I, I it's, it's what it's done to me is terrible, but also I, thinking about the people that I love that have been 
um, sort of victim to that ideology. You know what I'm saying? Um, people that I love that I, you know, abuse in, in ignorance um, in some way or, or another um, from that. I don't want if I can. I want I want them to lead with love, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not from power, not from. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I respect that. I think for me and thinking about, well, one, when I think about patriarchal culture, right, I I think of the idea that men should have a place of dominance in every sphere of society, right? Not just can men lead, right? I think people equate that, like, and in their confusion of why would we dismantle it? No, it's that men should lead only and that they must do so in a, a domineering fashion. And with knit within patriarchy is the idea that God made it this way. Um, so um, so there's a lot of tendrils um, yeah, going, yeah, going there. And so within that whole uh, uh, sphere, our society sits, right? And um, masculinity is formed in that patriarchal soil and and so there's this this push for dominance and violence and and these different things and i i knew as a child that that was not the way that i was there was always a knowing within me that this doesn't feel right right like there you know we in the matrix like something's not adding up in here um but i was continually pressed that way i was the empathetic child I was one that was super compassionate. I could see somebody um, struggling across the street and I would start crying. Um, and, you know, through growing up in Chicago and my father, you know, literally trying to beat it out of me, I realized that this is not a way that men should behave, right? And this is not a man. I will never grow up into a man that people will respect. And so I learned ways of, of dominance um, that I'm still working to untangle. And so I say it this way, the way that I'm trying to rework my masculinity is around the framework of softness. Mm. And yeah, every time I say that some people have like a big problem with it <laughs> because, and I get it from a couple different sides, right? Like softness to me, it is an ethic whereby I, I established that we all are created in the image of God. We all deserve an ethic of kindness, of being able to relate to our body, of being able to relate to one another. And that's juxtaposed against the hardness of this world. And so soft is the way that I approach myself. I, I attempt to approach myself and I attempt to approach others. And so I'm deepening in this ethic of softness, right? Like, how do I love my brothers? How do I have a love for the folk? It is through softness. Now, softness for me, I'll just say this one last thing, is it doesn't preclude uh, rage. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't make one, you know, foolish. No, softness means I have clarity about what's going on and I choose a different path. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me add, I know we typically have a policy against the devil's advocate on this podcast because the devil mm -hmm. don't need no advocate. Yeah. 
gonna I'm gonna break a rule today. I'm gonna play the devil's the devil's advocate. My devil's advocate got a name. It's, it's uh the white man. That's that's M A N N. Yeah, M A N N. The white man M A N N. You could Google him. Um. Yeah. So so earlier you had mentioned you said that sometimes we get it in our mind, uh, that patriarchy is the way that God intended it. Right? How do we know that's not the case? I, we don't. We don't. And so like one thing about me, I love a devil's advocate because I'm like, we don't. I, <laughs> next caller. Right. I, you know, I and the reason why I can really say that confidently is can any of us say something 100 yeah. uh, percent, especially on God's behalf? No. And I am not on God's defense team, so I don't know what what God be doing, you know, in the council chambers back there. I can say the God I have come to know is the phrase that I give God um, Mm. in prayer, especially. And I I address God as, hey, you're the God that I have come to know. Mm. I cannot say 100% in the Bible that we have that God is depicted you know, as not wanting this dominance. I cannot say that, especially as a liberationist theologian. I can't say that those pages, you know, inscribe a a God that is not concerned with dominance and violence. I can't say that there are pieces of it that speak to me of a better way. And the God I have come to know isn't always the God that I find in the pages of scripture, though I love the scriptures, though I meditate in the scriptures. Um, Will Gaffney has this uh, blog where she talks about, you know, the perspective of the written word, um, and she wouldn't call it the word, but the uh, of the written text. And it, what does um, the words that we find in scripture, does it say more about God or the culture that is uh, thinking about and reflecting about the divine, right? And so is, you know, is the God that we see depicted there, is that more this is actually what God is like, or is it a commentary on the cultures of the, of the time period? And so I have an opinion, but that will be another podcast, and mm. I might make y'all pay for that. Uh, Sam. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, I like how you just talking right then, because that's really how I'm starting to read the Bible now. Um, You know, I just think when it comes to the idea of masculinity like uh i keep i keep thinking about the video that trey shared on um instagram with your um your advisor when you were at you yeah uh dr kenny yeah yeah um and how he broke that thing down so smooth (laughs) and i like i've shared that video a couple places and there were a few people that was like wait a minute (laughs) i had noticed that before uh just for this and like just to a brief of what the video kind of was what dr kenny was saying was like if you read the the first chapters or or second third chapter of genesis and you look at the text uh the way god presents himself is not god over us but him with us Mm -hmm. uh it's god is not portrayed as over us until the snake starts speaking and so like that's really where we kind of get the concept of god is over us that you know it's you see the umbrellas god jesus man 
you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna kick you off this podcast for mentioning that I'm umbrella. Just saying, now, like, gee, I'm like, serious. It's gonna be the new, like, man, quick next season. Y'all see Sam's Y'all know what time it was on this. I'm just <laughs> Today saying. Was his last day? <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Like, like people have seen that, and like, and so many of us have really, um, functionally live our lives in such a way and interpret scripture in such a way that we always essentially marginalize somebody right like there's a there's a hierarchy to our theology right and it's so it it reminds me so much of a multi-level level marketing scheme (laughs) you know what i'm saying like it's like capitalist jesus is supposed to come and save who can i say can i also say like what you just sparked for me sam is this thought Mm -hmm. that like Look around. What has been the fruit of trying to do it this way for hundreds of years, for centuries? Like, has the fruit been throughout history that societies have been expansive, that they have grown? No, most cultures have fallen under the sway of patriarchal culture. Um, And America looked like it's fallen, too. So Mm. uh, I think our own eyes our perception should tell us that God should not intend it this way. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really real. I, I got, I got a couple thoughts on this question myself and I'm going to share them right after this break. Right. Sure. Uh, y'all like that little teaser, huh? This is, I, we should go ahead and stash the other half on Patreon real quick, but we ain't going to do you like that this season. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> Before Sam, Rob, and myself were podcast co-hosts, we were friends. This podcast grew out of a friendship. And honestly, it's grown into something more of a podcast. It's now a community. You can take part in that community at patreon.com slash three black men, all the way spelled out. And in that community, you'll get early access to episodes, bonus content like writings, videos, even some live conversations that you can take part in. In the event that you'd like to support us but aren't ready to commit to Patreon yet, you can submit a one-time gift via PayPal, where you'll find us at 3blackmenpodcast at gmail.com. However you choose to support, we're thankful that you did. Let's get back to the show. We really back. We really back. And, um, earlier, uh, the white man, our resident de- uh, devil's advocate, um, I'm a, just so everybody's clear, <laughs> I was saying the white man, not not the white man. It was the white man. Anyway, uh, our resident devil's advocate was was asking us a question, like, how do we know that patriarchy was not what God intended? How do, how do we know? And, and we had a couple of different answers. For me, especially when it comes to how we read scripture and sacred text and sacred stories, my answer comes with, are the scriptures that we are sharing to tell these stories, telling us how things were or how things can be, right? And I think there's different. That's kind of pointing to Will Gaffney's quote, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's, 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 I think it's pointing to a lot of this stuff, including what you are, uh, the, the conversation that you were bringing up, Sam, from Dr. Kenny, because he points to the Genesis 3 creation story and the way that things were created, it was not created in a hierarchical faction, uh, fashion, right? Like that was actually a result of a punishment. That that, that was a distortion of the created order. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, okay, so when we look at creation as told in the Bible, that hierarchy is not there. That patriarchy is not there. There's communion, co-union. There, there is equal, equality there, right? And then 
when we get to the New Testament, we have Jesus who says that in the resurrection, people do not marry and are not given in marriage, right? It is this foundational building block of what we understand as patriarchy and, and where people receive their cover from. Jesus said, man, that's not even, we don't even have that in heaven. That That's not even there, right? And so that is almost, this, not almost, it is the, the recreation act, that the act of recreation is in the resurrection. When things are made new, we don't have these things. And so I think that throughout scripture, whenever we are invited to imagine God laying things out in the proper order, <laughs> that's not there. There's lots of patriarchy in the Bible. Some of it even appears to be blessed by God in some way, shape or form through some process. But when God, the father or God, the son in, in, in Jesus Christ or whatever have you talks about the ideal, patriarchy is never there. And so that, that will be my argument and my response that we got to look at how, how we're wrestling with these scriptures. Are they talking about the way things can be? Or are they talking about the way things are? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I want to talk about the difficulty of trying to establish an, almost a new, a new living way, a new masculinity with what we're talking about, right? Like, for a lot of people, patriarchy is wed to Christian belief, right? And and so America, although it is not a Christian nation, it is influenced by the Christian tidbits, as I would say. And so like now, what is the difficulty for us, you know, the three of us in establishing a new masculinity? Um, and I will say, I'll answer first. I will say the difficulty for me is the loneliness of trying to do this when the dominant culture is still saying one thing. There is a loneliness to trying to heal and divest from this thing that is as pervasive as the air that we breathe. Uh, trying to disconnect from that is so lonely right? Trying to gather compatriots who want to go in the same direction towards liberation is lonely. And I have to say that because I feel like in all the critiques of male culture, one, I feel like they're never nuanced because who do you see when you're talking about men, quote unquote? Usually you're thinking about able-bodied men who look a certain way, you're not even thinking about disabled men. That's my constant critique for, you know, this cultural thoughts on masculinity, um, because there are a lot of disabled men who are doing the good work, right? And then, yeah, so there's the loneliness aspect. There's a lack of resources for us, which is why I'm so grateful for Bell Hooks, because Bell Hooks was like, in order to completely heal masculinity, we have to love men. We have to give them refuge spaces and not refuge spaces that the incels are calling for because incels are like, we need refuge <laughs> so we can blast women and be homophobic. No, not we don't want you comfortable. There aren't safe spaces for that. Right. <laughs> but no, those of us who are trying to get off that, that, that sinking ship, we do need a place to go. And that has been very, very hard. Um, what about difficulties for y'all? Um, you know what? I think for me, one of the biggest difficulties is the the fighting uh, of old habits. Um, 
in a sense where uh, just out of the some of the habits of whether they be in speech or in just reaction or you know what I'm saying just trying to change some of the things that um, I really don't like that were said to be like masculine traits yeah. um and then like resting in the fact that you know what I'm okay with being here uh can be difficult at times just <laughs> just because like uh it's un- it's un- it's different right uh it's not it it's not familiar at times um so for, i will i will say that so for me like sometimes just remembering to breathe to take a minute so that i can like be the the mask be the man that i want to be you know what i'm saying um that that uh and then i agree rob just not uh not the lack of resources uh sometimes you i sometimes you just don't really feel like there's a safe place to land right yes. like in the frustration and you know um like we all have those moments where it's just frustrating and maybe you know and and just trying not to lash out just i just need i don't what maybe i just need to cry i don't know like like i mean i I know Rob, you don't have no problem crying. I don't really have any problems crying, but like sometimes you just want to get it out and you might cry while you're getting it out, but there's very few gentle places to land for like-minded men yes. um, to be vulnerable, you know, to, you know, all of those things that you were saying, um, Rob, there are very few places um, like, thank God for <laughs> the women in my life that, um, I do allow for you know me to to have a safe place to land and vent those things and frustration of like especially when I hear their stories that's usually also too like when it I'm like man am I like that in this way you know and I really interrogate myself and just providing those spaces to talk those things out um but yeah those two what I would probably say are like difficult yeah, it can be lonely because we can't land with land with a lot of men. Yeah. And then Bell Hooks talks about sometimes women don't want to see the emotional man yeah. either. So yeah. then we're like, okay, it can be easy to mm-hmm. revert back to more, you know, toxic forms of our yeah. previous selves um, in order to get accepted by somebody. Mm-hmm. Trey, what you think? Yeah, my biggest difficulty is me, right? Um, <laughs> straight up, because <laughs> you're the thorn in your own flesh. Okay, yeah, and, and, and uh, I mean that in a real way because at the end of the day, we we all in our thirties, right? And by that point, you and you I got, mean barely. I'm hanging on <laughs> by my chin, yeah. chin, chin, chin. <laughs> right, forty right. and twenty seconds. <laughs> yeah, but we're formed in in certain habits and certain ways of understanding the world and reacting things of that nature and sometimes um, without even realizing why i'm driven to do certain things i'm just there yeah like the idea that i gotta carry a gun on me to protect my family despite the fact i've never had to discharge a single round to protect my family like why do i think that way Right. Um, yeah. Why does it protect my family look more like making sure they laundry is 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 folded and, and pressed and stuff like that? Mm. Um, when it comes to 
feeling disrespected by somebody else in public? Why do I feel driven to violence and things of that nature? Right. And these are all things that I have to wrestle with in real time, because if I don't, I'm just going to keep on rehearsing the same old habits. Um, and this is a masculinity that doesn't really serve anybody well. Like just cause yes. <laughs> say that. Yes. It, it, say it, that it right there. <laughs> it doesn't serve anybody well. And and so um I've had to take up, up various uh, new habits and, and regiments to keep myself in check, like doing daily inventory through journaling, checking in with myself, like how did I do with this? What can I improve on? Um going to get a therapist and letting them know what I want to be accountable to. Like, no, I need to get past this way of being and experiencing the world because at the end of the day, I can't really build a new masculinity for others to join me in. If I'm not willing to go there first. Oh, come on preacher. Yeah. Okay. You, you try to get some uh, coins passing around. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Pastor Troy. Martin Luther Trey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Said, I can't lead others where I'm not willing to go. Amen. Oh, by Shata. E K O C. No, I hear that. I it constructing this new masculinity is easier said than done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I I think some people are like, y'all just be different. <laughs> No, this is it's easier said than done. Hey, Jennifer. And, <laughs> <laughs> we're trying out here. Uh, but I, I I think for me, like Jesus does open, and this sounds extra spiritual, but I really do mean it. Jesus does open this realm of possibilities, you know, through his resurrection, right? Like, and so for me, looking at um the possibilities of who I can become as a man, I can't look mostly to my culture to say that. I have to look at the infinite possi like possibilities and imagination. And I I, I would say a, a, an aid on this journey to creating a new manosphere, if you will, uh, masculinity has been like the love of the few brothers that I do have, right? Like I, I was reflecting two days ago that yo, I actually don't have a single man in my my life currently who does not tell me they love me. Mm. And that is re like, I, I realized that, that you, that's like a blessing, right? Like, yeah. um, I mean, my father does now, which that would that will have to be a whole podcast someday. Uh, the, the, the journey to loving my father and having my father love me is, that's a book one day. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I'm gonna hold you to it. Yeah, like it would it would be incredible <laughs> because it, it did not start out that way. Um, yeah. But like I was thinking about every single friend that I have and my my siblings, uh, every person in my life, everyone is unafraid to tell me they love me. And I realize that is rare, and I, I'm leaning into the beauty of no, there's not a man in my life who won't say. Hey, I love you, bro. Miss you. I'm proud of you. Um, I love that for me. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, I want a day where that is normal for all men, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, because for me, it's not radical when I see these posts online that says like 
let's normalize men saying, I love you to other men. I'm like, wait, isn't it? Oh, it is normal for me. Like my whole week, it is normal, but I do want a day where that's not, that's just base level masculinity, quote unquote. Yeah. I like one thing you said in there about, it, it does sound spiritual, but we're allowed to do that because one of the things we we afforded ourselves under the umbrella of three black men is theology, right? And theology, cultural world around us. But when you say that Jesus affords us new possibilities in the resurrection, when you reflect on who Jesus was, right? In, in, in Christianity and Christendom, we say he's the God man, fully God and fully human. But the person that Jesus was, the man that Jesus was, with the, the XY chromosomes, the, the Bible does tell us that he was circumcised on the eighth day. So he, he was very much a male and everything does not afford with our traditional understandings of what like a patriarch or, or a manly man looks like. And there have been lots of efforts lately um, to, to transpose that image on him, right? Like, oh, we need to make Jesus manly again. He was a carpenter. He was Jack. You know, the Bible don't talk about Jesus. Not make Jesus manly tape, again. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> but interestingly enough, like we know that Jesus was a carpenter. Tradition tells us that, but the Bible don't spend a lot of time talking about him building tables. No, the Bible talks about him washing feet. The Bible talks about also, he doesn't sit there siring children and, and train no, no. The manhood that Jesus invites us into is one to being sensitive to the needs of the people around us. The one yeah. of expressing love, not just in word, but in action of being vulnerable, of showing people what that looks like, of going to, to prayer and, 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 and actually feeling anguish about certain things about literally feeling the crushing weight of the people around you that's the manhood that jesus invites us into and there's a degree to which we've tried to baptize jesus in our current understanding of what a man is or, or and a lot of that is shaped by patriarchy which is the inverse of what jesus invites us into no you need to look more like me not make me look more like you and so to to that, that. Yeah, to, to that, um, I say we don't just have the invitation in the resurrection. The resurrection vindicates who Jesus was in the flesh, yeah, <laughs> like in, yeah. in the actual walking yeah. this thing out and everything. If we are to follow Jesus, then we have to construct a new manhood. Otherwise, we just cheering them on from a distance. You feel me? Yeah. You know what, Trey, you were talking and you said it a couple of times um, about you know, letting go of things that don't serve others well. Um, and I think for a lot of men, it's difficult to let some of this go because it doesn't serve others well, it serves me well, right? Like I was once at the bottom of the totem pole and now it's my turn, right? Like I get the power, I get to say, you know what I'm saying? Um, like even... <laughs> there were some things that we would consider like I don't well I would consider them like stuff like black parents would say to their kids but it's stuff that was said to me and stuff that I heard other parents say to other kids you know um and I would go to repeat it and I'm like well what's the purpose of this like yeah. you know what I'm saying like yeah, I would yeah. immediately examine like is this really serving like yeah. you know what I'm saying like is this hurting them is it like it, it, what's the purpose of this is it just to make me powerful in this moment and do I really want them to have that picture of me in their head right like do I want them to picture authority a father in that way right like is this loving them the best way that I can right now 
Yeah, it's almost that, like you're. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Trey. My bad. No, I was going to say that's something that even I feel like we have to challenge that in that a new masculinity is going to require us redefining what success looks like for us. Yes. Because when you say like, oh, it doesn't serve others well, but it serves us well, does it really? Because the right. thing about that, that assuming the top place on the total pole is it puts you on defense. You want to protect that and you never know what peace is. You can never At stop all doing costs, it. You can right, never exactly. enter rest because you're too busy trying to protect the position. And we see that happening even in like economics when it comes to wealth inequality. The reason that that gap widens is because people who already hold cannot be comfortable because they always feel like somebody is coming for what they have. The only way to, to attain whatever peace they can imagine is by widening that gap. You don't know what rest is. And so part of yeah. what constructing a new masculinity has to look like is us deciding like, no, actually I don't like dominance ain't going to be it for me because I'm going to know what rest looks like at whatever cost. But also people have agency and to yeah. take that away from folks is to take away their humanity. Yeah. 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 yeah, you know, I was thinking when you were talking, Sam, you know, this light bulb went on <laughs> in my head that to do this work, we have to construct a new canon, if you will, uh, mm. that we can draw from, especially in Black masculinity, because you're saying like, we, we have these funny sayings that our parents told us. Some of them are funny and some of them were not funny. <laughs> um, they were damaging, they were traumatizing, yeah. but yeah. What you're saying in wanting to, you know, say those same things to your kids is that's the canon that you're, those are your sacred scriptures yeah. that you're drawing yeah. from yeah. in order to parent your kids in order, you know, like Trey, what you're pointing to, to defend yourself against people coming to you, you're drawing out of a well. Mm -hmm. And so to construct a new ma masculinity, we need a new canon. Like we need experiences we need books. We need resources that will reshape our mind that we can draw from mm -hmm. to go into this new direction, right? Like, and that is not easy, right? Like we have those things our parents told us. We have like, you know, I, I think my father taught me a lot about race, 99% of it is, is not great. <laughs> but I have the canon of my father never took off days because he was sick. Yeah. I grew up with that. My father, he had pneumonia and I watched, I remember as a little kid watching him go get up and get dressed for work. And I thought like, this is what I have to do when I become a man. I remember one time my father was in an accident. It ripped so much like skin off of his arm and he put a bandage on it, which is like wild. And he went to work. Um, because he worked in construction and what, what that taught me was that I don't deserve rest and like a real man perseveres, a real man is resilient. So that did not serve me through much of my life and I beat my body down. And so I need a new canon and like new, uh, experiences, people to model after that. I, I know my father was trying, he was trying to love me the way that he knew how but that was detrimental, right? And so a new canon is what we kind of have to construct. Um, and that is liberating work, you know, to go to our overarching theme for the season, you know, that is like a liberation work. Hey, amen and amen, man. So that, get that new canon in the bush, dog. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, so any other thoughts as we close this episode? 
on essentially liberating masculinity. <laughs> um thoughts uh you know what my hope my prayer for uh those with men in their lives those that are men is that um if you heard this that you would begin to experience some relief and liberation right like knowing you are not alone in this fight to like redefine masculinity um be encouraged man uh it is not easy but we out here and uh yeah we're trying to do better so be encouraged mm. Mm. amen amen we appreciate you rocking with us for another episode of three black men here's the part of the show where we ask a favor from you now, earlier I mentioned a couple of ways that you can support us by joining our community over at patreon.com slash three black men. We have multi-tiered support options and you can get bonus content. If you don't want to do that, you can submit a one-time contribution by finding us on PayPal at three black men podcast at gmail.com. But we ain't here to tap your pockets. Here's a few ways that you can help us out without spending a single dime. You can stop what you're doing right here, right now, and make sure that you've left us a review and a rating. Don't just give us the five stars. Go ahead and write out how much you love this show and tell everybody about it. Do it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you at. Make sure you leave that rating and a review, and that's going to help even more people join the fun over here. Thank you so much. I knew God loved you for some reason. Thank you.